Hello and welcome to another episode of the Delicious Brain Waves podcast. I'm Sanjukta, part of the team that builds and maintains Delicious Brains websites. As you're probably aware, the Delicious Brains plugins have recently been acquired by WP Engine, and today I'll be chatting with Sam Munoz, who's the community manager for developer relations at WP Engine. She also co-hosts the Making Website Magic podcast. Good morning, Sam. I'm delighted to be chatting with you today. Good morning. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So excited about that acquisition with Delicious Brains. I know that I personally was like, oh my gosh, so many plugins that I've used in my own business and for my own projects coming under like the WP Engine brand is super exciting. So happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, you're welcome. And really happy that you could do this with me today. I remember I was about a month into my job at Delicious Brains when they acquired ACF. Mm. And I was so excited. I don't think there's anybody, you know, who's not used ACF. So actually today we're going to talk about something I think, you know, you're uniquely qualified to talk about, you know, seeing as you run the Making Website Magic podcast, where you're really focused on empowering women per se in technology. Today, we're going to be chatting about our experience as women in the web development space. I think a good place to start would be to talk about how we became web developers in the first place. So Sam, would you like to go yeah, first? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So I got a degree in general engineering and I was really set on my path. Like I wanted to build prosthetic limbs, robotic prosthetic limbs. That was going to be my thing. And at the time I was married and moving all around the world. And then I got pregnant and, and, and found out I was going to have a baby. And so we're moving all over the place. It didn't make sense for me to like get a job and stay you know, if we're going to, if we're going to move and I was going to have to find a new job anyway. And then I was about to have this baby. So I started doing some like things online just as like a hobby. I had a blog about crafts. I had a blog about children's books and all sorts of things kind of happening behind the scenes. And in school, I learned a bunch of coding and I had loved that when I was a child, but I kind of, you know, let that go as I was moving into the engineering field. And anyway, as I was exploring all of these different fun hobby things, I was like, hmm, there's a common denominator here. And that is that I like to build the website. And I, I liked to create content as well, but I was kind of really excited about like the process of organizing the website, figuring out how to like display everything, make it look cool and, and function in certain ways. And so I was working as a software developer remotely and that job was about to we lost like one of our biggest clients and my role was about to become extinct, it's essentially. And so I saw the writing on the wall and kind of like had all these little pieces, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm moving around all the time. I want to stay home with my daughter. I have all these skills in development. I have an interest in web design and development and WordPress and all of those things. And so I was like, why don't I just start my own WordPress business. And then I got into more of like the technical support stuff and then eventually started taking on like actual full like website build projects and stuff like that. So it was very much like there were these little pieces along the way that like if I look back, I'm like, oh, this totally makes sense as to why I'm like building websites and loving WordPress. But you know, in the moment I'm like this, I, I don't know what I'm doing. This feels chaotic and crazy. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what led me to WordPress specifically and owning a business. And then eventually now as a community manager, for WP Engine, just moving into different phases and, and spaces within this community. It's very interesting because my journey as a developer has been kind of similar in that I started out like 
way back in the year 2000 as a software developer for IBM. Mm. And then I've held various corporate IT sort of positions. I've been a developer, I've been a project manager and an account manager. But then um, over time, I realized what makes me happiest is, you know, if I'm doing something that's related to technology, solving a technical problem. And like you said, it, you know, it took me a while to kind of, uh, you know, realize that that's what I really wanted to do. And so in 2017, I quit my corporate IT job and I jumped into, along with a friend, into we decided to build an agency that builds websites. And I kind of fell in love with WordPress and the flexibility. And so I think we have similar journeys in that sense. You know, it's very interesting that you already have a podcast, which is kind of focused on the same thing that we're going to discuss today, which is about women and technology in general. Would you like to kind of talk a little bit about what made you start this podcast? Yeah, sure. I'm really passionate about women having businesses in general, like my web design and development business has always kind of targeted women in terms of like our ideal client, because I just think that it's so awesome to see women owning businesses, running businesses, supporting their families, things like that. But then I was like, hmm, I have all these like colleagues and, and people that I know that are starting out in web design and development and, and women specifically and struggling with certain things. Certain things are coming up. Just lack of project management skills. Really a big one is not understanding how to price their work. So they super undercharge. And then that means they have to take on 15 projects to make the same amount of money that they would be making with like three projects if they charged appropriately. And there's lots of mindset and things built up into that. Those two things being like the main driving factor to start a podcast in the first place. I wanted to create some sort of giving back program where we were teaching women how to actually do the skills. So the podcast being like that free content and then the mentorship being like the paid opportunity to learn and go deeper and, and whatever with mentorship. The overarching theme of the podcast is really empowering women in web design and development so that they can run sustainable businesses. Because, you know, again, that idea of like, you can only undercharge for so long before you start burning out and you can no longer sustain running a business. So you, you end up either stopping or, you know, moving and doing something different. So, and it's hard because there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of like advice out there that doesn't actually fit the web design and development model, even though we're in like the online space. So there's people talking about like passive income stuff and, and strategies for that. It doesn't really align with running a web design and development business. And so you end up doing all these things where you're like, well, I'm doing the stuff that I'm supposed to be doing for my business to make it move forward, but it's not working for me. And so I feel like that there's a lot of podcasts around that stuff. And there was a real need and space for conversations about web design and development. And again, pulling women in specifically. I think it's very, very interesting that you mentioned that, you know, women often tend to undercharge. I don't know if it's a women thing, but like when I started my agency, uh, it was the three of us three girls. And I think one of the worst mistakes in the first year we made was that we were constantly undercharging. And even for repeat business, we hesitated to ask for better right. rates. We wondered, we, we thought that it could probably be a woman thing, but we weren't sure because it was just the three of us and all three were women. But it's very interesting and it kind of, you know, matches with uh, my experience also as uh, somebody who was once running an agency. So yeah, that's very interesting that women tend to have universal experiences when it comes to being in tech. I will so. say though, like you said, it, it might not, very well, I would not be surprised if it was across genders undercharging. When you're new to something, you know, when you're newer in business, when you're new to either the skill or the business side, you don't have the confidence to go out and say like, this is a $5,000 project. Like you have to build up to that, I think. Something that I really like to think about is like, 
if you're selling stuff for like a thousand dollars now, but your goal is to maybe sell it for five thousand, we don't have to go like to the next prospect and be like five thousand dollars. Like you can incrementally build up to it so that you can mm-hmm. grow the confidence. You're like, okay, if I can sell this at two thousand dollars and I can sell this at twenty five hundred dollars, and you kind of like slowly build up to the actual place that you want to be charging. And I mean, that's specifically true for like freelancers and small agencies where it's just you all doing it, and you know, but with more established stuff, eventually, like this is the price, <laughs> and then it's just you say it with your chest you got all your you know you got all your people um yeah. selling this this stuff yeah but like you like you say you know uh either you still slowly build up the confidence to charge more or or just one day you just go out there and yeah. do it but you're absolutely right because unless you're able to do that it's you're not going to be able to run a sustainable business at least totally. this is what i think is cool about women in wordpress and owning their own businesses is that like if you feel like your gender is preventing you from reaching like a salary that you want to reach in your own business, you are fully in charge of that, right? Like (laughs) there is no stealing. You can decide however much you want to make, how hard you want to push yourself and be in full control. And so it's almost like once you learn those skills to go out and sell your stuff at at the price that you want, like the, the, the the thing about being like a a woman and all that is actually kind of goes away because you're like, I get to be, I get to charge however much I want to charge period. And I also think like once you build up that confidence, you can carry it elsewhere Mm -hmm. as well. So if you, for example, then decide that you want to do a job, then you are able to better negotiate your compensation, for example. So yeah, I think uh, it's more than just running your business. I think it builds confidence as a human being in yes. you know, in being able to sell to sell yes. yourself. I, that's so true. I, think that, I, I yeah. feel like, you know, moving from a business where I was like selling websites and things and then transitioning over into being employed again. I, I noticed that actually just like in the interview process, I was like, I am like here in a totally different way than I was in like the interview that I had to be a structural engineer when I was fresh out of college. Like you're still being interviewed, but in when you show up with confidence and you're, you show up knowing your worth and your value, you're also interviewing the, the people that want to hire you. I think that owning a business is not for everyone, but for those who like want to venture into it, whether it's quote unquote successful or not, which you get to define the success anyway, you learn so many things. And I think, you know, Absolutely. If, if, if anyone listening is a person that like loves WordPress and things like it's, it's fun to even just like have projects that you work on, even if it's not like a full agency and a full business, right? Freelancing and solopreneurs, like there's a lot of value in those kinds of ventures. Absolutely. And I think the best thing about WordPress is that it allows you to do that. There's an awesome ecosystem out there. There's there's very nice people. WordPress, I think, provides that awesome opportunity. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was like, what are the pros and cons of a career as a web developer or a software developer in general? We can uh, approach this from two ways. Like, you know, what are the pros of being uh, a web developer in general and a web developer as a woman? Everybody falls into this as we discussed, like there's different avenues and paths to to becoming, you know, or being in this profession. And I honestly think that the, the I'll, I'll speak from my own experience. The one of the main reasons I love being a web developer is because I like to see the results of my code, and so I feel like that's like the one of the biggest pros is like you do something and then you see it on your screen, right? It like has an action, and that was why I liked robotics engineering, like all the yeah. all the software side of that was because like I did a thing and then my robot moved. <laughs> Versus you know like <laughs> some of the way back stuff. Um, I'm personally not skilled in that and not super interested in it. So I think that that's a pro is that you get to see the manifestation of what you're creating. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that's why I often use the phrase, 
designer slash developer because there is a lot of overlap between the like the creativity side and the actual development side and the functionality and I think like that that marriage of the two can be really interesting although I will say there's plenty of women that I've mentored and talked to that are like nope I'm strictly in like the design house or like I'm strictly in the development house and like I want to stay there and I totally get that is there something specific for women in WordPress that makes it a pro I don't know I think it's just accessible and it's there's a great community around it um, and again I think that this could apply across all genders anyway but the the com- I think you just alluded to this the community side of wordpress is unlike anything else like squarespace for example doesn't have like this thriving buzzing open source community around it that that understands that like everybody can have a piece of the pie absolutely absolutely i think that's one of the reasons which made wordpress so attractive for me and i also think there's a one of the things about development in general software development in general the opportunity for learning that it provides because i think no other job you know is so ever changing there's new technologies new ways of doing things new paradigms and i think that keeps things interesting and exciting and like if you've worked for as long as i have for example it could be boring but i think what i find very interesting as a software developer is i still have the opportunity to learn and then there are fields where I'm a novice and there are other people who really know so much more than me so the need to learn on is always there that's a good thing that's for me one of the pros of being a software developer and another thing i feel is that your career path is also quite oh, flexible yeah. and open like you were a business owner for many years before you decided to become a community manager for wordpress developers and uh, i was in corporate it managing projects in accounts and then i decided to become a wordpress right. developer i don't think you have that kind of flexibility in any other career and i also think that this is particularly for women at one point i think you do prioritize family and you want to that. be you want to be with your children you want that flexibility yeah. So and I think software development really offers that flexibility while still allowing you to be really creative and solve real problems for real people. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And even like whether it's that you own a business or you're a remote worker for a company, there's so many opportunities in software development in WordPress and things like that that allow you to have that flexibility. Like I I I've said this in the beginning as far as like why I started a business and why I got into WordPress in the first place was because like I wanted to be able to stay home with my daughter and not have to like, you know, just ha- just have more Or my biggest thing was like if she has like a school event or whatever like I don't want to have to be like I you know I have to work or whatever like if she gets sick I want her to be able to stay home with me and take care of her and stuff like that with the way that the world has moved now anyway there are a lot more remote jobs but development absolutely is, is is and has always been kind of something that like it doesn't really matter like i remember when i was working as a software developer we had this policy where it was like come into the office or not like it doesn't matter we're all just going to be sitting at our computer anyway no, absolutely that's a big benefit absolutely. i think it's awesome yeah i think it's awesome like for women in our generation like to be able to really contribute and do and have like real mm-hmm. careers and still be with our families when we yeah. need to i will say it's not without challenge uh, though yeah. right like balancing no, no. <laughs> balancing you know for example being a mom or being a wife or being just a woman and in general like in and a career is not easy and that can no. be kind of confusing <laughs> too because you're like I want both things but it it's hard to have both so i find myself constantly like circling that of like what is what is more important are they both important and and like how do i navigate that and i think that that is a uniquely uh, woman experience 100% because like true. you know true that that same expectation isn't necessarily on men it's like go work and do your thing and so you know they they have their own uh i guess um 
from the flip side challenges, right? Absolutely. I, yeah, I think it's on the other side, men are expected to work and be the providers. So very often they don't have the opportunity to kind of take it easy for a couple of months and see what I like to do. Like you said, <laughs> there's a flip side yeah. to everything. Yeah, that's the pros and cons, I guess. <laughs> Those were mainly the pros, but if you want to talk about the cons, so one of the things that I get asked a lot, I think, is the fact that there are fewer women than men in the tech industry. Does does that ex affect your experience? Like, or has it affected your experience? You know, I feel like in some ways, yes, in the sense that like, it is nice to have community with other people that have shared experiences. For example, like I gravitate towards people that also have children and understand like, the inherent limitations of of that in a career, you know, like, again, like if my daughter gets sick, or if I have to go take her to a doctor's appointment, like that's going to take precedent over anything else. And so sometimes I feel like without other people having that, that particular shared experience, or again, you know, like being a woman or whatever, it is hard to feel understood. And so yes, in some ways, then in other ways, you know, I think that there's value in the diversity in general, like I like working with men, it's fine. Um, but I also like working with with women. And I think that everybody brings like a unique perspective to the table. And again, like it is, we have like our inherent strengths and things that we're, I think women typically, this is going to be a generalized statement and it's not going to apply to everybody. But I think that women bring a level of humanity to things that again, it's the alternate perspective. Every different type of group is going to bring a perspective that the other one doesn't have. And that's why it's important to have different voices and different people working on things because it's like, here's a blind spot that you didn't consider because you you just don't see it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. No, I understand absolutely what you're saying. I think diversity is very important, not only at the workplace, but I think in life as well. I think it just makes your experience so much yeah. richer to have diverse communities, diverse workplaces. So I fully get what you're saying. One of the things I have faced, like I said, I started out way back in the year 2000, was the lack of female role models, actually, because there were very few women at that point, uh, you know, who were doing technology. A lot of women in softer roles, but not women coders so much. That, that was one of the things that I faced. That was a little bit difficult, but I don't think uh, it was that important really, because I think software is one career where your gender doesn't really mm -hmm. matter so much, because like everybody is sitting in front, like you said, in front of a computer typing away. Something that has come up that I still find tricky to navigate. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, is it because I'm a woman? Is it because I'm new? I don't know. Like, or, and, and just to, uh, this has happened in like multiple career paths and in business and things. It's that not feeling like respected in my role. It, for example, when I was running my business, I would work with someone and be questioned about things. And it's like, well, why'd you hire me? I'm the expert here. And, you know, <laughs> and I will yeah, like, I, I don't want to generalize, but it like almost exclusively happened with men. And so it, it made me feel like, is it because I'm a woman that I'm not as trusted in this particular thing? But maybe not. That happened more earlier on in my career and less now because I have my own inherent confidence. And so I know like it doesn't really sure. matter what other people think. Like I know what, what I'm saying is accurate and backed by expertise. I honestly think that it's like there is this trajectory all we kind of have to go through where it's like you're new and you're novice and you're learning and you're young. And then you like you gain more knowledge and you learn more. You have more wisdom, you have more experience and you grow in your own understanding and your own confidence to show up and be better at your job, whatever it is. So I think that that might be just like a shared experience across the board. I think that's very much a shared experience. And I feel that more than anything else, your work talks for mm -hmm. you, even though there might be moments when you feel that, you know, you're being talked down to because you're yeah. a woman. But I think that most people, at least in 
software developers are usually quite open and if they see you doing good work then it doesn't take long to kind of accept you into the fold that's been my experience mm-hmm. it's overall been quite a positive experience actually being in in a software and maybe there is something too about it being software development i mean this is a newer field right this isn't like farming this isn't like something that existed before <laughs> computers and things and so maybe you know as mm-hmm. society has become more equal right as as men and women have been more on the same playing field they're like the people that are in software development are coming to the table already knowing that like just because she's a woman doesn't mean she just knows less than i do you know what i mean versus like other more traditional jobs that have like a history of men being more um, predominant in them absolutely you know yeah. yeah i don't know i know absolutely like i have a cousin who works in shipping and so it, it's very difficult for them to kind of you know even understand what a woman's doing mm-hmm. there that's the way the industry has been so far so but like you say like for example uh, software development is a field where i think men are also more used to seeing women in the mm-hmm. workplace and I, i think that helps another thing that i wanted to ask you is that the fact that in software you don't have so much of a, a fixed career path i mean a lot of your growth depends on how you chart your career how would you advise women to approach that aspect i see it as opportunity it's like you really can decide where you want to go next in your career. This is so beneficial to women because you can base that on the season of life that you're in. If you're in a season of life where you're like, I don't know, single and and doing your thing and and you have a lot of time to dedicate to your career, maybe you you go in this direction and then maybe later you decide to have a family or do or do something else in your life, add add other like hobbies and things to to fill out your time to round it out. Maybe you have a, a different career or or something a little slower. But regardless it's like you could own a business you could work on a team you could be on an agency you can develop at night you have time flexibility like i think that the fact that there are so many paths and ways to go just reminds me that there is no limit to how high you want to go how successful you want to be and i said this before like you can define success at any point right this is i'm really very passionate about this because especially in the online business space there are some weird metrics that people like aspire towards there's like six figure business owner that's like one of the first things that you want to hit quote unquote that's like being successful then now it's like seven figures you know eight figure business owner and it's all arbitrary your business can be immensely successful making like $50,000 a year based off the goals that you have based off of how much money you're taking home and all of that so i like that idea that in your career in general business owner or not you can be successful in any point and because of that flexibility because there's so many different ways to do it it's like i can be successful in this role and i can you know aspire towards something new in the future and be successful in that place as well yeah, i i really loved the word that you use you know seasons of life that kind of describes it so well because really in course of your career you you go through different experiences and different seasons so to speak when you have young children you have older children you have children who've gone off to college at some point you have parents who are probably aging and need more support so i think that that's a beautiful word that you've used and kind of aptly describes the situation which I think we we're all in men mm-hmm. and women. While I was researching the topic basically about women in the tech industry, there was something interesting that I found out. It seems that the National Science Foundation in the US has reported that the number of women getting CS degrees has actually gone down since the 80s. And in 2016, only 19% of computer science degree holders were women, compared to 27% in 1997. I kind of found that counterintuitive. So 
what is your uh, what is your experience been like is it that fewer women are getting computer science degrees so I, i feel like or? this is mi- like not missing context necessarily but like there's a broader picture here because there's a couple things mm-hmm. happening first of all i think that there's just in general less of a need to actually have a degree in computer science and get a great job. You can go to Lambda school, you can learn how to code on your own. The fact that someone actually has a degree in computer science is really applicable in certain cases, right? If you're going into academia, if you are becoming a CS professor or teacher, having the degree is super important. But if you're going into industry, it's not always necessary, right? It's like, let me see that you know how to code. I know more people that are in development roles that don't have a computer science degree than do. Yeah. And I, when I went to college, our class was like the first that was like more women than men. I think we were 51% women, 49% men. And it's a, it was a STEM school. It's mm-hmm. called Harvey Mudd College in Claremont, California. That was really interesting. But I, you know, there was quite a few women that got CS degrees, and that was I graduated in 2014 from college. So interesting statistics. But I'm also thinking that maybe there is something going on with the fact that like the degree itself is maybe not as crucial to getting and having a great job and a great career. I think that's a very interesting and pertinent point that you raised actually that it's probably not so important to have a CS degree to have a very successful career as a software developer. Yeah, that's another thing that, you know, that makes it so flexible and great as a career. And I mean that's that's the beauty of WordPress too to kind of bring it back to that is that it is so accessible. You can learn. I mean there is learn.wordpress.org, right? Run by other people that contribute to the open source project, but like you can learn how to code and do things in WordPress for free. You can learn how to do that. Maybe you start your own business. Maybe you build some products, you know, you create a great portfolio and then boom, you go apply to a WordPress job and they're like, oh, you obviously know what you're doing. It's not about the the paper necessarily, which I mean, I have a degree and I, I value that highly. Like I, I'm glad that I went and did that, but I also see that it's not necessarily the end all be all to getting and having a great career, which I think is great. And from a woman, like from a, a the perspective of women is so nice because again kind of bringing it back to the seasons of business imagine like having a child and being like i think i want to like go learn some new skills and like maybe start to prepare for my you know to to go back into my career so taking care of your awesome kids and learning things on the side and then going back and and having a great job when they're off to school like that is such a beautiful path that is totally accessible to anyone who wants to access it yeah i think that that's a very awesome thing about software development i mean there's so much learning to be had for free totally. online i i don't think you can have that sort of learning in any other career so i think that's that's really awesome some another thing that i wanted to talk to you about was uh, imposter syndrome so a lot of women have told me that no matter how good they are there is this nagging sense of being an imposter in an industry which is you know full of men and one of the things that i've heard is that uh, men often make their careers their whole lives like for example software development you have a lot of nerds so who kind of live software i mean that's what they do for recreation that's what they do for their jobs they're always tinkering about building stuff and the experience of many women is that they're not while they might enjoy their careers as software developers they're not so fully mm-hmm. into it what has your experience been or what is your advice to women who feel that 
like imposters. Yeah. Well, I mean, the imposter syndrome part is totally real. I, I started my business in January of 2018, and it didn't matter how many websites I built, how many great client reviews I got, how many proposals I sent that got a yes at like a high price point. Anytime I like went to send a proposal, that was the part that always made me feel like an imposter, right? Is just like, who am I to charge this much? Can I even deliver on what they're asking for? And all of that. And I think that that is like, that's just something that we all kind of have to listen to and then remind ourselves of the actual truths. It's like, I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. I have all this evidence to prove that what I'm thinking is not true. But I think it's just a, a natural part of is certainly in your professional career, just always kind of wondering like, am I good enough? But I think again, it's like, where is the evidence that you're not? Right. It's just like your it's your body trying to protect you. It's the anxiety saying that like this feels a little unsafe and scary. So like I'm gonna tell you that it's that it's unsafe and scary. Um, but that doesn't really mean yeah. The second part of your question was about making it your whole yeah, about not being so yeah. immersed. Yeah. I, I think women tend to be less immersed in their yeah. careers as software developers. So like uh, they tend to be less geeky. <laughs> Uh, if you know yeah, what I well, mean, and it, like, making uh, it your not all men are yeah. that way either. But I think in software development, there are naturally a lot of more men who are totally immersed in what they do because that's the way they are. It's not like they're doing it to become better developers or anything. Their natural interest lies there. But I think the solution to that probably is to understand that diversity is also very important. So maybe not being so immersed may actually Ooh. help. I think that's what I've realized that sometimes if you're able to shut it off, then you're able to maybe come back with better solution. That's usually my advice to people who feel worried that they're not immersed so much in their careers as software developers. There's, and there's so much value and benefit in like taking a break. There is this great book that I refer to all the time. It's called Rest. And I can't remember the author's name. It's like Alex Sujang Kim, maybe. It is all about how when we take breaks, we come back to problems with better solutions because our minds are still working on the thing anyway. And so whenever I feel like, oh, I need to like sit and like keep working, it's like, wait a second, I'm actually going to come back and I'm going to solve this problem much more efficiently and I'm going to get a break because of that. And I think that that's what I was referring to earlier in terms of the diversity is like, I think that women bring the human back into something like software development. It's like when you are a software developer, often you are creating something that someone is going to interact with, a person, an actual person, or you know, it's, it, it might be like a component that's happening behind the scenes. But at the end of it all, there is going to be a person that is somehow going to be interacting with the software that you are a part of creating. And so I think that women maybe having more of an emphasis on that humanity side can bring so much in terms of like the user experience and the user interface side of stuff. Not to say that either gender right. is like particularly suited for your back end or front end, but more to say that like every different perspective brings new information to the table that can make a better product. I agree. I mean, diversity adds richness to any situation. Yeah. yeah, software development is, of course, no exception. One of the things that I wanted to touch upon was company policies and cultures that encourage women to join. What would you think would be something that would encourage you to join a company? Sure. Just that for me personally, I just want to know that, A, I, I don't want to be hired just because I'm a woman. That's really important to me. I, I don't like that idea of feeling like it's like filling a quota right? I want to be hired because I'm the best at what I do. And I'm hired because I was the best candidate out there. And then on the flip side, in terms of like the actual culture, my being a woman is not an impeding my career and that I feel like I can be safely me. I don't have to be more or less 
of, of the way that I am. I can just be me and do my job well. And then I'm heard and respected again. Like you don't need to like acknowledge the fact that I'm a woman necessarily. I just want to like do my job well. Does that make sense? No, no, that, that's a beautiful point, actually. I think that's something, you know, when we think about policies that encourage women to join, that's one of the things that we often forget, that women don't want to join a company because they're women. They don't want to be hired because they're women. They want to be hired because they're good at what they're good at. I think that's a really awesome point. And when I joined Delicious Brains, one of the things that I really loved was that they made a real effort to kind of anonymize your the candidate mm-hmm. information as to whether you're a woman or a man or from which part of the world you are and what your previous experience has been initially. So I think that was that was really awesome because when they hired you or when you moved forward in the interview process, then you knew it was absolutely based on your yeah. abilities and not filling some quota. Oh, so, so true. Like that's, that's yeah. I think, this is not a problem, but it's like, it's something that I think about so often is this idea of like, how do we create diversity without making people feel like they're just being added to a company or accepted to something because of the fact that they're diverse from the people that are there. It's like, there there has to be a balance where it's like, we value different perspectives. And also you are genuinely good. And that's why you're being hired because you are the best. You are the one that we wanted. And I that yeah. is a really interesting way to do that, to anonymize the demographic information. So then truly it's like they can hire based off the best, but then also the person being hired knows that they're hired because they're good. If I knew that I was hired for anything or or accepted for something just because I was a woman, it would make me feel less excited, less proud of, you know, what I've achieved and all of like the hard work that had to be done to get there. Absolutely. I think that's not the way to go. I mean, to have, you know, for example, quotas where you need to hire a certain number of women. I think you have to hire people because they're Mm -hmm. good, but then you have to not exclude people just because they're women. I was talking on David Vogelpaul's podcast, Press This, about like, how do you hire? Like, how how do you make that happen then? And I think it's really just about expanding the pool of people that you're looking at. So instead of like, let's say you are always traditionally hired from like one group or like you would go to like one outlet for hiring people. And because you're going to like one specific outlet, you're always getting the same type of people, whether it's all men, whether it's all women, whether it's all white men, you know, whatever it is, just expanding the pool of candidates that you're offering the opportunities to. So then you can truly get like the best of the best. I think that that's a a good path forward. What would be your advice to young women aspiring to a career in tech? I would say learn some things and then practice. Start building a portfolio of work. That way, when you are ready to like go out and look for a job or go start talking to people, you've got some stuff to show them. And so the, I guess I have two pieces of advice. So that, that first one is practice and like create some stuff, right? And then the second one is just start to network with people, start to get to know people, shake some people's hands, find a mentor, find someone to, you know, kind of provide access to their network. Because then when you are looking to have a job or you are looking to, you know, move in a different direction in your career, you have some people to reach out to that have your back and can attest to the fact that you know what you're doing, you know what you're talking about. I think there is so much value in that. And that, you know, that applies for like traditional like employment and also for business, like who you know is really important and and can be helpful just because that proof of like, she knows what she's doing. She's got this is really helpful and gives you access to different things. So yeah, practice, like go learn something and then just like, just make something, have fun, just play and then (laughs) network. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's it's very important to, you know, have a GitHub profile yeah. and then just do things, but sometimes fun things. It doesn't always have to be a big project. It can be a 
a little fun thing that you've built, but it always helps to have, for example, a GitHub profile so people can go and see what you've yeah. done and get a sense of a, your personality as well, I think, depending on you know what you've been building and maybe write a few blog posts and then there's a lot of online learning so resources. Many. I like think. there's like you said before, there's so much free information. Like there's free information, there's stuff that's like really affordable to learn too. Like there's like I don't even know what they're called anymore. When I was learning I don't know, I was learning maybe JavaScript or something. And I did code school for that. I think that was a, a free or a paid thing, but it was like super low barrier to entry. So there's just like so much information. Correct. So if you're interested, like do learning, I think is like step one. And then just like having fun and playing with it and then kind of seeing, cause there's, there's just so many different paths you can go down, right? You can go down the database side, you can go down like writing, uh, there's all the no. languages. So you kind of have to, it's like exposure. Yeah. You got to get exposure to all the things and then kind of see what you're actually interested in. And I think the interesting thing is that there's so much available online where you don't need to invest anything to start out with. There's excellent stuff on YouTube. There's free code camp. Then Laracasts has a free tier. And then like moving on to paid tiers is also quite affordable. So my advice, like you would be just to jump in, learn stuff, build stuff, and then network a little bit. So, I liked your advice about yeah, the GitHub profile. That wasn't something that I really emphasized myself. Like I was more so like building things and then just putting it on my own website. But I think that that's really sound advice because I think about maybe it was about a year ago, I was like, oh, I should probably make one of these. <laughs> and then I, you know, yeah. really got... It's just because they're there they do have a lot of like visual cues to show that you've been like building things and that you have like an active presence in the development space. So I think that that is a, is yeah. such good advice. Yeah, and I also think you know you can contribute to open source, uh, and it's not so difficult. I mean, in the sense that sometimes you feel that the barrier to entry is mm -hmm. very high, but actually it isn't. You could just test some stuff, you know, maybe comment the code, and the open source community is always looking for more hands, more people. So. So I think uh, that's also another way to kind of get started. Even, I mean, especially in WordPress, so, right? Because like WordPress is open source oh. <laughs> and like there's a million ways to contribute to that. Um, if you go to WordPress or I think it's make.wordpress.org, that's where you can find all like the contribution teams. So that's a great option. Thank you so much, Sam. Chatting with you was really interesting. And I kind of found it so interesting that, you know, it kind of echoed a lot of my own experiences as a developer and as a woman. Thanks a lot for being there to chat with me. Today. Yes, thank you. So fun. Such good, rich conversation. I really appreciate all of the questions and the dialogue. That was, I'm like going to be thinking about this podcast interview after we hop off and just, hmm, uh, I love these kinds of conversations. And I am like so excited to see, I, I, I would love to see more women joining the space and not feeling, you know, scared and nervous and just jumping in with both feet and feeling like I can find someone to kind of connect with and we can walk side by side and like, it doesn't have to be a competition. We can just, we can all be, what is it? Like the tide rises all boats. I didn't get that right, but you know, like everybody can win. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, no, no. I know what you're saying. It doesn't have to be a zero yes. sum game. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. It doesn't have to be as yeah, good. Totally. So thank you. Thank you so much, Sam, and have a lovely you as well. day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. -bye.